everybody. <laughs> wow. Welcome to uh, our 500th live episode of F This Movie. My name is Patrick Bromley. Yes, thank you. Yes, good job. Thank you. You guys make it sound very, very full, so thank you. Uh, thank you guys so much for sticking around. Um, this is a really, really exciting night for us, so uh, hopefully you all enjoyed Back to the Future. Um, it's weird to be doing this in front of a live audience because I'm used to just doing this at home uh, in front of a six-foot-tall animatronic of Michael Myers. And um, uh, if you don't believe me, just come down to my basement. And uh, that's the creepiest thing I'm going to say. I think on this podcast, come down to my basement. Uh, the cops are on the way, so that's fine. Uh, it may get creepier. We'll see when Doug comes up. Um, anyway, so like I said, this is, a, this is a very, you know, 500 episodes of a podcast is kind of a miracle. A lot of podcasts uh, start and fizzle out after not a lot of time, and we made it to 500. It's a miracle, and uh, like all good miracles, it needs to be blessed, and so we thought, what better way to start our live 500th episode than with the blessing of the podcast. Um, so please welcome His Holiness uh, the, from, the, from the pages of FThisMovie.com, the author of Cinema Bestius, ladies and gentlemen, the Pope of Film. The Pope of Film, here to bless our podcast. Your Excellency. Pope, 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 Pope of film, 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 Pope of film, film, film. As I watch the movie Ghost again with Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore and that pottery wheel and that kiln. Nothing can stop the Pope of film. Pope, 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 Pope of film. I have been asked to bless this podcast and this audience if we could bow our heads. Lord! Bless these moviegoers. Bless this podcast. Let us be truly deserving of all of your cinematic gifts. But if our behavior should change and we should stop going to the movies or if we should ever stop listening to the podcast, then surely there will be no gifts in the following year. Lord! We beg the audience's patience. We are used to talking to each other very softly in Patrick's basement. We are not used to a 300-seat movie theater, so we are terrified. <laughs> in the name of Patrick, in the names of all the ghosts and all the horror films, and in the name of Martin Scorsese, amen. I would like to just take a second and thank Patrick from whom all blessings flow, <laughs> for all his hard work on the podcast.
500 podcasts over the course of almost 10 years. I thought I did a lot of podcasts, but for everyone I've done, he's done four. None of us would be here if it were not for him. Well, the people who just came for the movie <laughs> who already left, they would be here if not for him. And it, it's not as if Patrick invented the idea of a podcast. That was invented by someone else. And not to sell short the hard work of all the contributors. For they are surely responsible for some of the site's popularity. I would say that Patrick does a pretty, 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 pretty good job on the podcast. He's fine. <laughs> so let's all give a round of applause to Patrick Bromley. For 30 years, I taught film down the street at Elk Grove High School. It, it was the joy of my life. And I used to do this uh, classroom activity where I would teach the kids some technical jargon because if you know something about anything, you probably know the specialized vocabulary of that endeavor so you can talk about it. So I tried to teach them some uh, basic film grammar. And I would teach them concepts and show them clips from movies that illustrated these concepts. And for 30 years, to demonstrate the pan, the tilt, the dolly in, the dolly out, the tracking shot, and the traveling shot, I used the skateboard chase from Back to the Future. I would show it to them, and then I would show it to them again. I would be in the back of the room shouting what they were seeing. Tilt up. Traveling, tracking, traveling, tracking. Pan, zoom, dolly out. Tracking, traveling, tracking, traveling. Sometimes three times a day for 30 years. Guess what I was thinking in my seat tonight when that scene was on the screen? I came this close to standing up and doing it. But I didn't want to ruin your enjoyment because I love all of you so much. I am a beneficent pope. You're welcome. Thank you, JB. I want to bring everybody else up here who makes the site possible, so uh, please welcome Mark on. Come down. When I say your name, come out onto the stage and have a seat or stand or do whatever you want. Mark on was kidnapped. That's a true story. And uh, when I found that out, I didn't want to hear details because I wanted to save it for a podcast. So we did a podcast on the movie Taken, and then I made him tell me the story about how he was kidnapped on the podcast, and I heard it in real time. I thought he was kidnapped for like an hour. Dude was missing for days. Scary, right? But he's okay. He's fine. Well, he was recovered. I don't know if he's fine. Um, but uh, 
you were recovered. You could you have a you have a microphone. It works and everything. So for those of you who don't know, we are a movie podcast from Chicago. I think most of you here are already familiar Hello. with this movie, but we are a movie podcast from Chicago. We uh, generally talk about one movie a week. Um, while the name sounds very irreverent and it sounds like we just make fun of things, uh, we don't. It's just that some of us think coming on the, to the verge of swearing is funny. And so that's what we named Doug. our website and podcast. And um, But we, uh, we take movies very seriously. We love movies a lot. We don't necessarily take ourselves very seriously. So a lot of what you hear tonight will be jokes. And I hope that's okay. You could probably figure that out when JB opened the show as the Pope of Film. But hi, Mark. Welcome. Hi, Patrick. How are you? Good to see you. <laughs> I'm good. I'm so happy that the Pope is here. Me too. I I'm thought he was going to change out of the Pope I'm costume when he was done with it's the blessing. Awesome. Are you going to do the whole show as the Pope? Please. All right. Yeah. I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. <laughs> um, Adam Thaz, please come on down. Adam Thaz. Adam Thaz drew a, a great, oh, high five, yeah, uh, drew a really cool poster. Um, we're going to have one to give away in just a little bit, um, and uh, we'll have some if you would like to purchase one. Actually, you can purchase one from Adam uh, after the show. Adam's favorite movie is The Green Lantern. I don't know if you yes. saw, he's obsessed with The Green Lantern. It's like his email address, and when they came out with a movie about The Green Lantern, he was like, this is so great, my time has finally arrived, and he saw it twice opening day. And it didn't disappoint. He still talks about it to this day, how much he likes the Green Lantern. Do I have that right? Oh, Jesus, no. Not <laughs> at all. <laughs> if it, I've, I've, I've not had... Patrick, Patrick occasionally will... A few things in my life that he, he manages to point out like, hey, I know you really like that thing, but, <laughs> oh, but wait, no, you don't 100% like it. And if you ever want to see it happen in real time, or at least listen to it in real time... That's what happened. It was, <laughs> I, I, I came in liking the movie, and I left hating the movie. It, it happened My work is done! Yes, that's it. <laughs> My work is done. Uh, award-winning filmmaker Mike Pomero. Yes! A contributor. Look at how cute he is. Yes. Mike just directed a short film um, that uh, is playing a number of festivals around here and, and uh, has won some awards, so it's very, very exciting. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I won't even say, I won't even, I'm not going to make any jokes about you. Uh, that is, that's what I'm going to do true. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they came. <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to keep introducing people, and then I'll oh, bring you guys, I'll bring more of you back uh, later on. Adam Risky, please come out. Yay, Adam Risky. Everybody loves Adam Risky. Adam Risky helps keep the site alive. Thank you, Happy 500. Um, Adam started out as uh, somebody who listened to the podcast. He found us because we did a podcast on the Music Box of Horrors. Not a stalker. But not a stalker. No, no, no. Um, he happened to find a podcast that we had recorded about a 24-hour marathon, a horror marathon that we had attended. And just we got to talking, and we hit it off immediately, and we became fast friends. And now he's one of the main contributors to the site, and we couldn't run it without him. So thank Kindred you, spirits. Kindred spirits always. Uh, Adam's favorite actor is Kevin Costner. Oh, my God, he's so good. Let me ask you this question. <laughs> yeah. Back to the future, better or worse than draft day? It's better. Thank you for saying that. You're welcome. <laughs> but draft day is clearly better than back to the futures two and three. <laughs> 
Um, Jan, no knock on those. Draft day is just really good. <laughs> Come on out, Jan. Yay, Jan. Jan, of course, married to John. JB, I should say. It's been 500 shows. I can call you by your first name. Um, JB and Jan set up those beautiful decorations out front and came up with that great idea. And so, and she made the signs asking if you share something tonight or post about this on social media, use the hashtag FThisMovie500 so that we can all find each other. My kids are dancing in the aisle right now. Um, Jan just wrote a book of poems about Blade Runner, and uh, sure, it's coming out soon. I did that. And you should all order it because the screenwriters of Blade Runner gave quotes, and they're like, your book of poems is better than our screenplay for Blade Runner. And, they uh, did that. They did that. They did. It's unbelievable. <laughs> You're so talented. Anyway, thank you for being here. Thank you um, for having me. All the way from Los Angeles, my very best friend of 25 years. Doug Schultz, who's now hiding. L.A. Doug. Came all the way out to be here. <laughs> Doug was on the very first episode. We talked about Avatar, and then he was also just on last week for the 499th. You were on a bunch of shows in between, too. Few. But uh, you're, you're after this movie royalty. You were on the first episode. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Hi, Mom. <laughs> um, hi, mom. You make me look bad. I my know. mom's here too. No, that's who I was saying. It's not, that's who I was. You saying were saying hi, hi to. to my mom. Hi, Fran. Oh wow. <laughs> oh fun. Wait, how do you guys know each other? Go way back. How far? Do you back? know Beth? <laughs> Wait. Yeah, sh- yeah. Anyway. Um. 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 That's enough. You could. Uh, there's more. Okay. Yeah. We'll keep going. Um, JB, come on back, please. This is JB, who's been around the site since the beginning, a.k.a. the Pope of Film, a.k.a. the man who taught me film studies in high school. I was Patrick and Doug's teacher. But you know what? They wound up teaching me. <laughs> About so many things. That's right. Uh, last but not least, uh, my beautiful wife of 15 years, the whole reason that if this movie really exists in the first place, the whole reason I'm able to keep going every day, uh, light of my life, love of my life, Erica Bromley. Hi, babe. She's a big fan of the Goodfellas soundtrack. She will talk to you about it. If ever you get an opportunity to listen, but hi. Hi. Did you enjoy the movie? I love the movie, always, yeah. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) As good, actually better than ever, I think. Really fun with this crowd, sold out crowd tonight, and it was just awesome, cheering at all the right moments. It was really fun. Um, And our kids being here was really fun. And I have to say hi to my mom, too. Hi, mom. Yes, a lot of moms (laughs) representing. Wait, Doug, is that who you were saying hi to? Who were you? All the moms. Your mom's not here? I'm sorry. There's some cool dads out there, too. Oh, I'm sorry. He is the well, Pope. <laughs> he can Scott speak to Dark. her at any time. <laughs> I don't know how to make jokes about a movie now, uh, but it's fine. It's fine. So um, when I was eight years old, we went to see Back to the Future. We didn't go see a ton of movies uh, when I was young. We were a family of six, and it was expensive. So we would go to see maybe one or two movies a year. And in 1985, we went to the Randhurst Theater. Yeah, yeah, giving it up for Randhurst. I like it. And uh, 
and saw Back to the Future, and it was like my life had changed. It was uh, the perfect movie because as a kid, I straight up wanted to be Michael J. Fox, not Marty McFly, not Alex P. Keaton, literally Michael J. Fox. As a kid. Um, as an eight-year-old. And um, the shoes that I'm wearing are red uh, Nikes with the red swoosh. And I've basically worn one style of shoe since I was eight years old. And I won't say it's because of Back to the Future, but it's because of Back to the Future. Like, let's not kid ourselves. That seed was planted very young. Um, so much did I love Back to the Future that in my, I guess what would have been my third grade music class, um, I subjected my entire class. I went to the teacher and asked if I could perform for the class. And for some reason, my, t my teacher was cool with just handing the keys over to an eight-year-old. Just, yeah, oh, you want to perform? Yeah, sure, go ahead, kid. I haven't seen this, but do what you're going to do. And so I did, and I subjected my entire music class to me playing um, Johnny B. Good on a tennis racket. <laughs> for the whole song, like four minutes. And I knew in the moment... <laughs> I knew in the moment that it wasn't going over. Like, I could tell, oh, this was a bad idea, but I've committed to this, and I have to fake play this whole song all the way to the end. There was one um, woman here earlier, and she left when the movie ended, but she, we had gone to elementary school together, and I was sitting there thinking, like, oh, my God, was she in that class? <laughs> I don't want to tell this story because she probably blocked it out. And if I talk about it, it's going to all come flooding back to her. Uh, and she's going to break down into tears remembering those four minutes. But, yeah, it was, it was my only way of getting close to the movie. We didn't have, uh, you know, it wasn't out on VHS. We didn't have DVD. We couldn't stream it. I wasn't able to keep going back and seeing it again and again all summer long. I had no way of getting close to the movie. So my way of getting close to it was to act it out in front of an audience. And all these years later, that's essentially what we're still doing with this podcast, is we're just trying to get close to the movies by talking about them, by writing about them, by inviting all of you out and watching them together and hearing each other laugh and cheering at all the right parts. And it's just our way of, uh, of staying connected to the movies that we love. And for the rest of my life, you know, this is my favorite movie, but for the rest of my life, um, I'm going to remember this screening, and I'm going to remember being connected to it with all of you. So thank you guys for being here and being part of it. You know, it's, uh, it's really interesting, if you think about it, that Patrick wanted to be Michael J. Fox when he was eight, and he decided to start with the shoes. <laughs> I was working my way from the ground up. Interesting choice. And then I got too tall, and uh, it all <laughs> fell apart. Um, yeah. I Did you make it clear it's not the same pair of shoes? You wear them out, and then we get it. Yeah, no, one. my feet okay. grew yeah. uh, from when a I was eight. <laughs> I wore them for a long time, but then I was kind of limping, and my feet were bloody, and my mom finally insisted I get a pair of shoes that fit. Um, you know, every few years, they come back in style like they're really hot. And so you're always ahead of the curve. And also behind yeah, it at the same while. time, it's which okay. is kind of neat because I'm super out of fashion for a couple of years and then I come back into uh, style. 
Um, I want to talk for a couple minutes about uh, the Back to the Future sequels. Do we have fans of part two? Do we have fans of part three? Um, Douglas. Sir. You have a somewhat controversial stance. What I felt was controversial, but I don't know, but that show of applause, I, I, I might be wrong, but I thought you had a controversial stance on the sequels. I saw Nancy raise her hands when part I two I thought you were mentioned. calling your shot just I now. I am. It's going <laughs> to right over there. Uh, no, I think Back to the Future is a perfect movie. There's no arguing. It's great direction, great acting, great uh, performances. That's the same thing as acting, pretty much. Um, <laughs> great music. Uh, the music is great. The music is amazing. perfect. And I feel like the sequels build on all that goodwill. And everyone is so excited to see the second movie, and it's all about the future, which is now the past. It's very confusing. But I don't think it's all that good. And I think the third one comes out, and it's dismissed because it's about the West, and it's about cowboys, and it's silly, and it's, it's smaller in scope. But you watch that second movie, and you've got Biff, who is, you know, obviously lots of modern-day parallels with certain people and whatnot, but... There's, uh, he becomes a murderer. I don't know who you mean. I don't, I don't know who you mean. <laughs> uh, Biff is a murderer in the second one. He is a terrible person. Granted, he does some terrible things in the first one. One of the most terrible things he tries to do, then he stopped by, blah, blah, blah. But right. my point is that the third one is not as bad as people think, and I argue it's stronger than the second one, especially with all the bad CGI. I'm fascinated by this position. Do we have people who, <laughs> who yes, I see some nods. Who likes three better than two? There are dozens of us. There are literally 12 hands. Thank you. That's amazing. You do that, though. We already learned that you do that in the course of a podcast. You're very quick to just go with the crowd. Please tell a quick story, Mike. Nancy, may I? Our, our friend Nancy, big friend of the podcast, big fan, loves Back Give to the Future 3 so much that she was at our house and there was a commercial for the Deadwood movie. And Nancy said, oh, it's like Back to the Future 3. Not like a Western. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like she, like some people would say, oh, it's like the Wild Bunch. Literally Oops, any so other Western. Yeah, any other right. Western. She chose Back to the Future 3. And that wow. will forever make me laugh. That's My her point frame is of, she's a big fan. That's her frame of, oh, it's just like that movie. How the West was fun with the Olsen twins. Did I get that right? How the West was fun? I'm kind of taking a shot in the dark. Pizza. <laughs> Adam, you were going to say something? Say it into the mic. We're recording this. Hello. Sorry. Um, I think, I don't know. It didn't seem like the majority thought that three was better than two. And I don't think it's like a vast difference, but I want to see if anybody agrees with this so you can like raise your hand or something. Two is stressful and makes me sad, but it's good. It's very good at what it's doing, but I'm in knots the entire time. Like I'm nervous going into a day of work. <laughs> is, it, is it the ugly 1985 stuff? Or is it all of it? Is it's, it like it's just all of it. There's just a lot of bad feelings in that movie. I like all the stuff in the end when we're getting multiple versions of Marty in the 1955 stuff. Um, then it kind of starts playing a fun game, and it seems like the whole movie was kind of designed to build to that. Yeah, and I mean, it's one of those odd cases where 
I can totally respect what they're going for, and it's so well made and kind of ingenious in the screenwriting. But it's just on that like gut level, I feel like something's wrong, and I want to leave. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you this, because Back to the Future uh, famously isn't allowed to be remade as long as Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale are breathing oxygen. They have said, you will not remake our movie. We retain the rights, and we will not let you remake our movie. Um, so you know the moment that they pass away, it's, let's make a new Back to the Future. Let's cast uh, rock. Miles Teller. So let me ask you this. You know, why remake, Brown, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> why remake Back to the Future? Why remake Back to the Future? Just tell a new time travel story. That's my feeling. But um, if they were going to remake Back to the Future... Who should they cast? <laughs> Mark on said nobody. No one. That's not an option. Okay. I'm only saying this because he stole Michael J. Fox's voice, um, but Peter Parker himself, Tom Holland, would play Marty McFly. Oh, yeah. He could do a it's good job. It's the same voice. It's crazy. He could do a good job. I don't know. Could I... Wait, could I... Put in a bid for, um, as Doc Brown, Weird Al Yankovic. I love this idea. Doc Brown, inventor and writer of hilarious song parodies. I just want to go on record and say I think actually two and three are both kind of fan fiction movies. I don't think that either of them are all that good. I just am going to bat for three because I feel like no one did at least ten years ago when I had the thought for the first time. It was you, like you hear now. I know the, me the and Nancy is turning. we're soulmates, and that's there's you know there's, there's a connection here. So I feel like the Deadwood movie is going to bring head. a lot of attention to Back to the Future three. Um, my issue with three is like. They either needed to make no sequels or more sequels. You can't just do, like, crazy 1955 story, crazy 1955 story, Old West. Like, you, then you have to do other things, too. If you're gonna, then it becomes Back to the Future, the TV series. Counterpoint. Ancient yeah. Rome. Yeah, they can. <laughs> I concede this round to you, sir. I concede this round to you. Do you have casting for Back to the Future? I thought Tom Holland was a great idea. It was. Um, kind of mad I didn't think of it. So was Weird Al. So we're killing it so far, but I don't know if yeah. I... Um, who could play his girlfriend? Who's like a young, awesome female actor? Anyone? Anybody got an idea okay. for who should play Jennifer Parker in the remake? Oh. Zendaya. Okay. So we're just doing we're Spider-Man. We're Spider-Man, yeah. <laughs> Let's just make Marty McFly a superhero. It could work. Spider-Man colon... Back to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> Avengers Endgame, kind of a stealth Back to the Future 2 uh, remake, yeah? Yeah? Nobody saw it. Spoilers, I, know. I'm I haven't sorry. seen it yet, so no, don't ruin that for me, okay? I'm so sorry. You're the one. Um, speaking of who should play uh, Jennifer Parker, this brings us to, this is a good segue to uh, our first trivia question. So you'll see we're wearing these, these fine F This Movie t-shirts. We wanted to give away a couple of F This Movie t-shirts. Um, thank you to all the people who wore them, who came out tonight wearing them. That's super nice. Um, so we have a t-shirt to give away for the correct answer to this trivia question. You can't use your phone. You can't ask Eric Childress. He's going to know the answer. So we might as well just go hand him a t-shirt. Um <laughs> Here's the question, okay? 
So you guys know that Eric Stoltz was originally cast to play Marty McFly. Well, not originally cast. Actually, it was Michael J. Fox. He was unable to do it because he had a commitment to a TV series. And Meredith Baxter Burney, who was the sort of de facto lead of that TV series, uh, was pregnant. And Michael J. Fox had to step up and really kind of take over as the lead of Family Ties while she was pregnant. And so he wasn't able to get the time away to shoot Back to the Future. So they went ahead and cast Eric Stoltz and shot some of the movie with Eric Stoltz, realized after a few weeks it wasn't working, and uh, fired Eric Stoltz. And at that point, Meredith Baxter Burney had had her babies, and Michael J. Fox was able to get no time away from Family Ties. He still had to shoot Family Ties every single day and shoot Back to the Future at night. Um, but they would allow him to make Back to the Future finally, so he was able to step in and do it. Um, it was about $3 million that they had to spend to reshoot the stuff with Eric Stoltz. But So here's the trivia question. Uh, Claudia Wells plays Jennifer Parker in this film, who was also cast as Jennifer Parker in the Eric Stoltz iteration. She is uh, the co-star of a very popular sitcom from the 2000s. That's my big clue. Any guesses? So, so that was Leah Thompson, who ended up playing Lorraine. She was in a movie called The Wildlife with Eric Stoltz, and that was how she ended up being cast in this movie was, yeah. Yes. Yes, you. I'm not talking about Elizabeth Shue. She, of course, would take over the role of Jennifer Parker in Back to the Futures 2 and 3. The best of the Back to the Futures. Nobody knows. Oh, yes, sir. Molly Ringwald, good guess. I told you we'd be giving Eric this T-shirt. Yes. Sarah Jessica Parker, good guess. Jennifer Aniston, good guess. <laughs> it is Tom Holland. Uh, there's a picture of him hanging on a wall. No, no Dorian Gray fans. Whatever, you bunch of. We assumed heathens. that all of you knew a boatload about Back to the Future. Yeah, I wanted so to make the trivia questions hard. That's actually the easiest trivia question we have. <laughs> um, Eric, do you know? Close. You just got the last name wrong. Yeah, Melora Hardin is the answer. Melora Hardin plays Jan Levinson Gould on The Office. She was originally cast as Jennifer Parker. And why was she recast? Too tall, exactly. Once they swapped uh, Michael J. Fox back in for Marty, all of a sudden they're like, wait a second, Jennifer can't be a foot taller than Marty. And so, um, so Eric, you win a T-shirt. Congratulations. Yay! All right, all right, all right. And now that Eric has one, uh, can I ask the second trivia question? Sure you can. This is also for a T-shirt. This is for a T-shirt. <laughs> there was originally a scene in Back to the Future did, that did not make it past the script stage. Uh, Bob Gale, the co-screenwriter, said it was too far-fetched. 
it was never filmed. Years and years and years later, a filmmaker friend of Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale remembered that scene and asked if he could put it in his current movie. And he did. What is the scene? What movie did it wind up in? You know this because you've all read the BFI monograph on Back to the Future. Did we forget to pass those out on the way in? <laughs> Son of a... Yes, sir. He's got it. He is correct. The scene where Indiana Jones gets into the lead line refrigerator in Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was originally in Back to the Future, and it was going to be Marty getting into the lead line refrigerator. That's a true story. The more you know, right? Um, all right. Let's, uh, we have a, a question for only 12 and under. 12 and under. Mom, don't answer. And kids, you can't use your phones. Um, or your parents' phones. Or your parents'. Maybe you can if nobody gets it. Uh, the year that Back to the Future came out, 1985, Michael J. Fox had another movie that came out, shot before Back to the Future, released after Back to the Future, made a bunch of money, probably because everybody really liked Back to the Future. What was the other movie that Michael J. Fox had in 1985? Only 12 and under. 12 and under. <laughs> Yes. Teen Wolf is correct, young man. <laughs> we had originally talked about bringing a T-shirt gun. And then we realized that this theater is probably not big enough for a T-shirt gun, and we would end up hurting someone if we just started firing T-shirts. Riley, Riley wins a T-shirt and a papal indulgence. I'll explain it to you later. All right, I have one more trivia question. This will be for a poster that designed by Adam. I said designed. Nobody wants your signature. Nobody wants you to sign anything. Um, Michael J. Fox and Crispin Glover had previously starred together in a film. This was not their first time in a movie together. Does anybody know the name of the movie? that they were in together prior to Back to the Future. I'm wondering, this probably isn't going to play great on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'll edit out the long silences. It'll just be question, answer, question, answer, question, answer. <laughs> this crowd's on fire. Yeah, that's what people at home will Yes, think. sir. No, but good guess. Michael J. Fox is in Midnight Madness. Yeah, yeah. You're kind of in the ballpark there. Uh, yes. Not the secret of my success. I'll give another hint. It was a made-for-TV movie. I do, and I'll <laughs> tell you why. Because I'm going to give you another hint. Remember how I said I wanted to be Michael J. Fox? Well, guess what? 
my first boy-girl thing, my first crush ever, my first realization that I, what is this, girls, um, was an actress by the name of Nancy McKeon, better known as Joe Polnicek on The Facts of Life. And uh, she co-stars in this movie as the romantic lead opposite Michael J. Fox. And it was like, the man I want to be and the woman I love together sharing the screen? Nobody's getting this. Yes. Not for the love of money. No, I'm sorry. All right. I guess nobody's getting a poster. That's okay. It is a good poster. Do you want to hold it up? Summer Camp, you're thinking of the movie Poison Ivy, where they do play opposite one another, but they they were a regular... Hepburn and Tracy, Michael J. Fox and Nancy McKeon, because they start together in another film that is not Poison Ivy with Crispin Glover. Eric, what's your guess? No, I'm sorry, it's not Poison Ivy. Anthony Edwards was in this, Todd Bridges was in this, Dana Plato was in this. Why don't you just tell us the name of the movie? (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping somebody would get it. Uh, the movie's called High School USA, and it was one of those movies where they just cast, they cast a bunch of actors from their TV shows at the time and stuck them all in a movie together, and Crispin Glover is in High School USA. Anyway, uh, so that went over well. <laughs> Do me a favor, guys. See some movies. <laughs> I'm I'm burnt. I'm burnt. Hi, Charlie. Hi. Just talking your normal voice, man. Hi. <laughs> What'd you think of Back to the Future? It was good. What's your favorite part? Everything. Very good. All right. Rosie, you slept through most of the movie. What was your favorite part? Um, everything. <laughs> Charlie already gave that answer. I'm gonna need you to be more specific. No. <laughs> Rosie really wanted to say something on the microphone. Are you ready? <laughs> no? Okay, no dead air. Um, after this movie, 500 is right now. It's right now. You're right. Woo! <laughs> and that is Patrick Blomley. He's my dad. Thank you, honey. Thank you. Um, we've talked about this being a perfect movie right yeah perfect perfect movie it's a perfect movie let's face it um what are some other perfect movies do you want us to shout them out or do you want us to take the mic okay so probably not oh thanks rosie um back to the future is a perfect movie i know we talked for a long time about well you've talked so much about loving this movie so everybody has always said how come you haven't recorded a podcast about it um, and we said that it would just be the Chris Farley show. Like, I love. remember that? I love that. It's so great. Um, Do you remember <laughs> when Back to the Future came out and he went back and saw his mother? That was that awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> um, really, because there's nothing else to say, really, um, about the movie except for it's perfect, right? Um, another movie that, to me, that's perfect is Jaws. Anyone want to chime in on Jaws? I think Jaws is perfect. I, I didn't hear you. Did you say Starship Troopers? 
Showgirls? Wait. <laughs> There's a movie that's perfect for Boogie everyone Nights is also perfect to me. Goodfellas is perfect to me. And then I should pass the mic to Mike Pomero. <laughs> I've never seen Goodfellas. This is awkward. Um, a perfect movie to me would be The Godfather. Well, uh, Blade Runner is my perfect movie, but um, I would also maybe go Ghostbusters, the original 1982 Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters was my answer. <laughs> my, my perfect movie to me is Say Anything. I love that movie. I don't know if you've... I'm sure if you, if you, you've seen it. Come on now. All right. Mark on, you got one? I do. Yay. All right. I do. Um... The first thing I always think of Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's a perfect yeah. movie yeah. for sure. Uh, Jurassic Park is pretty perfect. Schindler's List is pretty perfect. Wishmaster's real good. How many movies? How many movies just listed were directed by Spielberg? Many. The other night, my wife and I were talking about going to the movies, and uh, obviously we love going to the movies, and we always love going to the movies, and we weep that there's a lot of young people who no longer go to the movies for whatever reason. But I think one of them is the films that you're hearing right now because I don't think I'm just waxing nostalgic. When we were growing up, movies were really, really good. That was a really great time for movies, and so what we had to pick from was better, perhaps, than stuff that's out right now. Um, a year or two ago, I wrote a column on the website for about a year called Cinema Bestius. That's why I'm dressed this way. And if you go to aptthismovie.com, there's a search bar. Type in your favorite movie, and that will take you to the last column. And the last column has a list. I chose the 50 best English language films ever made. So if you're ever looking for recommendations or what I consider to be perfect movies, you can find them on the website. And that's a good segue because I want to say that there really isn't one perfect movie, right? Because everybody, art is subjective, movies are art, we all respond to things in different ways. So. And I cheated because number one on the list was your favorite movie. Yours. 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 Because who am I Mine? to tell you what? Yeah, yes, yours, young man. Yours, young man. Um, so that's the way I cheated. Number one was your favorite movie. Right. So, I mean, I think that when we think about what movies are perfect to us, it really depends on, like, when we saw them in life, right? I mean, the quality is important, but sometimes we look back at movies we saw when we were kids and we just have that nostalgic feeling or something happy from childhood that we will always attach with that film, right? So then it becomes, over time, so important and so good to us, even if it's not really the best movie, but it's so important to us, right? So it become your own perfect film. This, this was a bone of contention early on in the website because obviously when movie lovers get together, they argue. And I have no desire to argue with your 13-year-old self. So personally, I've never understood the love of the original Friday the 13th. It's my blinder. I don't get it. I really dislike it for a number of reasons. There's a column about that. But I became convinced that a majority of people who love it saw it at a very early age when they weren't supposed to be watching it. 
And so their memories of it at a sleepover, you had one of those dads, hey, let's watch this. You're six. (laughs) And so their memory of the film is inexorably tied up with where they were and what was going on when they saw it. And again, I'm not going to argue with you when you were six. You know, I um, I wanted to add, I don't know if anybody else had a different reaction. This is the first time I've gotten to see Back to the Future on the, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, this is the first time I've gotten to see uh, Back to the Future on the big screen. And I've always had one, there's one tiny issue that I've always had with the movie, okay? I, I know, but um. but it changed tonight, okay? I'm doing a lot of that, right? Um, no, just, I, I never understood why he had to put Einstein in the car. Like, it's a remote-controlled car. Why can't you just put the clock in the car and everything would be fine? And then seeing it this last time, or yeah, just so you know, right now, I saw, like, you see, like, Doc Brown just wanted his dog to be the first one to travel through, through time. Like, he, he wanted this, like, this thing, like, kind of like the first, I don't know, monkey in space or whatever he wanted to kind of give this to his dog so i just thought that that was really like he's so excited when his dog comes back and he like and i was like oh wow okay i never really got that before so you know now now it's a perfect movie <laughs> there there's a movie i could recommend for you to help you with this it's called just go with it <laughs> yeah and i don't want to be a debbie downer but watching it tonight in the theater my interpretation was Doc Brown wants to make sure that a mammal can survive before he gets in and takes his trip. That's the way I interpret it. I love you, Einie, but... He had faith in his creation. What's the difference between a movie that holds up because it is a perfect movie, like Back to the Future, um, and a movie that holds up just because of nostalgia. Like, we're not just loving Back to the Future because we loved it when we were kids. We can watch it as kids and we can watch it as adults, and it's actually better as an adult because it's so perfectly constructed. Um, And every time I watch it, I gain new appreciation for just how much visual information is included, just even in that opening move through Doc Brown's shop with all the clocks and everything. Um... But there are movies that we can't, like you said, we can't, our 13-year-old self won't allow us to dislike because every time we come back to it, we still love it because we loved it at a certain point in our life. So how can we tell the difference? I I think there's a couple of things that could help a movie. Um, One is a sort of timelessness to either the drama or the comedy. There are laughs in this movie that it wouldn't have mattered if it was filmed in 1920, 1985, or 2015, or next year. There are laughs that are just plain funny that are going to work all the time. Um, Little Rosie here, she's seven, and when Marty took that strum on the guitar and got blown back by the speaker, she was giggling. I mean, that's just funny, the way he plays it. Um, And I also think a certain amount of um, ambiguity. So I think maybe... I think, yeah, he put Einstein in the car because he wanted to not die. He better, better the dog than him. But also, yeah, he loves Einstein. I mean, he named the dog Einstein 
well, who better than a dog named Einstein to be the first child? So I think they're kind of both right. And I think a movie that's really good will allow that ambiguity and allow different interpretations and people to relate to it in different ways on their own terms. And that's one thing that makes a movie timeless for me. Every time Jan talks, we applaud. (laughs) I'm glad everyone's picked up on that. Um, I think another, I was thinking about this this past week, and I think why this movie works so well is that for the most part, it it avoids cliches. Um, There's not a lot of, like, you can predict where it's going to go. And I'm not saying it 100% avoids it. Obviously, there's, like, the climactic, like, high school, like, thing that happens at the high school dance. Um, there's Libyans who are terrorists. So I'm not saying it 100% avoids cliches. Um, but for the most part, it really does. And I think that's why it works, um, even in 2019, even though like, it was a movie that came out in 1985. Um, I think also just because it juggles so many, like it's so many different things that kind of seamlessly work. Like it's elements of sci-fi. It's a high school movie. It's a period piece, kind of. It's... You know, and it's it all of that works so well together that I think I don't know a lot of other movies that kind of do the same thing. Um, so I don't know. I think that's part of why it still works. I think one way of um, <coughs> differentiating between the perfect movie and this was perfect when I was thirteen is that the movie that you have fond memories of when you were thirteen stays exactly the same, and because it stays exactly the same, you have all these ways to excuse it, so to speak. But all of us have seen this movie a whole bunch of times. And I would argue that every time you see it, it's slightly different. Roger Ebert once said, that's the fascinating thing about going back and watching movies. You think it's changed, but it hasn't changed. It's the same movie. You've changed. So for the longest time, I thought the performance in this film was Leah Thompson. Because she's so funny in a way that's really difficult. It's really hard to be sexy and funny at the same time. Ask Marilyn Monroe. (laughs) Present company accepted. (laughs) But tonight, watching it on the big screen, I thought the performance of the film was, uh, was Doc Brown. It's so weird and so stylized and so big. Can you imagine Zemeckis on the set? Uh, we need you to make that a little bigger. I don't think he had to do that. And he gets every laugh. Um, there's one point where he just makes a noise. And Patrick, how many times have you seen this movie? Because you were sitting in front of me. He makes that terror noise, and everyone laughs. It's, it's the performance of the film until I see this movie again. I never, as a kid watching this, ever thought that Doc was sexy. Tonight, I definitely thought Doc was sexy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. uh, I think one thing with, with perfect movies is that you can kind of just sit and be amazed by them, and you almost want to give it a little bit of space, and you don't want to understand everything about it. At least for me, that's... this way with with Back to the Future. There's elements of it that just came together at the perfect moment. Michael J. Fox was the perfect choice for Marty McFly. Uh, Christopher Lloyd, there couldn't have been a better performance as Doc Brown than that. 
Robert Zemeckis was the right man at the right time. He did, you know, used cars and I want to hold your hand and romancing the stone. And it was like building up to this. And then Steven Spielberg was at the height of his powers. And then you watch the movie and there's not a wasted moment. Everything in it is perfect and like clockwork. It's just amazing. So sometimes there's just that magic element of it. And I think with perfect movies, whether it be Goodfellas or Pulp Fiction or whatever, or Back to the Future, you you just sit and be amazed by it. I mean, like maybe kind of looking into it is is missing the point. So that's that's just kind of how I see it. It's uh, it's I'm belaboring the point at this point. We've talked about this enough. But at the same time, watching it again, I'm watching it next to my sister, who I saw it with originally at probably Randhurst or Barrington Square or something. We were free. Yeah, my older our older sister Jody took us, and it was very cold, and she kept yelling at us to stop complaining. It's not very nice of her. And, uh, but I'm watching it now, and I'm noticing, like, 85 Hill Valley, which for me, at the, in 1985 or 86 when I saw it, was like, oh, that's normal, that's whatever. And watching it in 2019 or 2017 or 2015, I'm noticing graffiti, the porn in the theater, you know, the terrible, uh, you know, it's the, the, the theater has become a, um, a church, you know, and, and little things like that that I totally missed. It's like Pottersville, absolutely. And he's happy to go back to that. So watching it again now... You realize even the performances. I don't think I realized when I was seven years old watching it for the first time the the awkwardness between him and his mom. I think I maybe knew a little of that, but watching it now, I'm just glad I wasn't sitting right next to my mom. My sister was my buffer. <laughs> During the screening, Jan turned to me and said, "Future trivia question: In the present." what movie is playing at the Town Square movie theater? Because there's more than one. And the answer, of course, contributing to Doug's point, is Orgy American Style. Um, wow. Um, what do you guys think are examples of perfect movies? I'm curious. Yeah, yeah let's hear from the audience. Mad Max Fury Road, good. Do the right thing. Getting some love, yes. Yeah. Lost in translation. I'm only repeating things for the podcast. His Girl Friday, good yes. pick. Big fans up here. Uh, the handsome young blonde boy in the front there. Charlie. Stranger Things, not a, not a movie, son. <laughs> you embarrassed daddy. <laughs> you embarrassed daddy. I'm sorry, sir, what were you going to say? Yes. Shadow of a doubt. That was Hitchcock's favorite of all of his films. Yeah, that was his favorite. It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. That's Doug's favorite movie. I'll ask all you guys what your favorite movie is, so have an answer ready. Can I go first? It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> yes, sir. High Noon, Wizard of Oz, agreed. Shawshank Redemption, <laughs> Halloween, the uh, John Carpenter one, two people, Nacho Libre, 
I'm sorry, two people were talking at the same time, so surely you didn't say Nacho Libre. We got to get you a Netflix subscription, sir. <laughs> what were you going to say, sir? Avatar. Speaking speaking my language, Eric. He when is they just do, buttering you up. If this theater wants to do a 10-year anniversary of Avatar, I'm your Huckleberry. Light of Day, yes. The Barbusters, Paul Schrader, yes. Point Break, yes. Love where your head is at. Love it. Titanic, your favorite, okay. The Sandlot, Lion King. What was the first one? Clueless and Night of the Hunter agreed on both. Fargo agreed. Jersey Boys, I've never seen. I can't say for sure. What is happening? Yeah. Jersey Boys replaced Back to the Future in your heart. Clint Eastwood. No, that's right. Dr. Strangelove, good. Commando? Yeah, all right. No Country for Old Men? The Dark Knight? Star Wars? Amelie? After Hours? Ooh, good call, good call. Grease? Yes. Let's try again. Avengers Infinity War. Okay, don't say, Doug hasn't seen it, so please I don't. saw that one. <laughs> that's the one with the guy with the spider, with the thing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The Mr. Brown Shoes. Where, uh, that's, the, that's the one where Marty McFly disintegrates, and he's all, I don't feel so good, Doc Brown. <laughs> right, I think. Jane, I see your hand back there. Last Crusade, all right. Little Rosie. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. All right. Go, hey, while you were gone, your fiancé said Titanic uh, as a perfect movie. I don't know if that was going to get him in trouble or not. I was just ratting him out. So, okay, good. I'm glad you guys have had these conversations. These are important conversations to have. Reservoir Dogs. Alien, absolutely. Home Alone. Rocco. Louder. The Lightning Thief. I've not seen The Lightning Thief. Would you say it's perfect? <laughs> it's perfect for her. <laughs> yes. The Black Cauldron. Wow. Look at you. Raising some little fantasy lovers. Um, <laughs> What, I'm going to pass the mic down the row here because you guys already know that Back to the Future is my favorite movie of all time. And part of that is, like, you just have to have an answer. When people find out that you love movies, the first thing they're going to say is, what's your favorite movie? And Back to the Future is a pretty bulletproof answer. Nobody's really going to argue with you if you say Back to the Future, right? Um, but I want to go down the line and ask you guys if you have, you have to name one. You can only name one. No ties. No maybe this, maybe that. I, th I literally said no ties just so that Erica could not name multiple movies because I knew that you would. You're beautiful and I love you. Um, go ahead. Okay. 
Uh, Saturday Night Fever is mine. Mark on is he's he's. Well, I said it earlier. Say anything. I say love saying anything. Say anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mine is Goodfellas. You guys have already all said. All right. This. I know I already said my favorite movie is Blade Runner, but I just want to say, if you have a favorite movie, like Patrick's right, I just wrote a whole book of poems about Blade Runner. I recommend reading everything you can about it. Don't just let it be your favorite movie. Lean into it. Write stories about it. Write uh, poems about it. Uh, read interviews with the actors. Um, because when you love something like that, the more you learn about it, uh, it's just a really a lot of fun. So, to feel like yeah. one, yeah. Yeah. To, to feel like one way to interact with your favorite movie is to I don't know, pick up a tennis racket <laughs> and force an audience of children. I kicked over a chair at one point. I mean, I really, I really gave it my all because I knew it was bombing. At, at eight years old, I was like, this was a mistake. Um, but it was too late to turn back. Oh, that's my next question. Okay, go ahead. Um, it's a Wonderful Life, followed by Mark Ahn's favorite movie. Yes. Casablanca. Are you really going to make me say just one? Why? How dare you? <laughs> well, okay, I've already recorded uh, like a five favorites movie podcast for F This Movie. So... I should, well, no, I might say one of those. And I think I'll say it. <laughs> Can I please name five? Nope. Oh, my gosh. This is our, this is our first fight. <laughs> um, I have a lot of favorite movies, but I'm going to say one because my mom's in the audience, and I don't know if she knows how thankful I am that she raised me well on movies. And when I was very young, she showed me Wuthering Heights, 1939, right? Um, and I used to watch that all the time as a kid. I think I was the only kid I knew watching the black and white Wuthering Heights all the time. But, um, and I loved it. And she showed me so many other movies, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. And, oh, wait, I'm not supposed to name them. Okay, but thanks, Mom. <laughs> I really thought Erica was going to say Hoop Dreams. I was going to put all the money in my pocket on Hoop Dreams. I have no money in my pocket. Um, uh, I'll say The Matrix. I'll say The Matrix. All right, next question. You can tr travel back in time to one. So the genesis of Back to the Future, if you don't already know, was Bob Gale looking at one of his dad's yearbooks and thinking about, at one point, my dad was a teenager. What was that like? And would we have been friends if we knew each other in high school? And that's kind of how Back to the Future came about. So that's the moment that he chose to travel back in time to his, when his dad is in high school. If you can travel back in time to one moment, none of your answers can be kill Hitler. <laughs> um, we're going to take that off the table. Um, what are you traveling back to? I would go back to when we recorded our Friday the 13th podcast <laughs> and not pick Friday the 13th 7 as my favorite because <laughs> it would have spared me so much ridicule over the years. Anybody else? I'm really going to have to go. I'm going to have to go next. I mean, we can. It's heavy, Doc. <laughs> ooh, ooh, I'll pick. I, I don't want to pick a life moment because that's too complicated. Um, I'll pick a movie moment that I would want to travel back to. Um, I would want to see psycho when it was in theaters b 
because I think I'm not a lover of horror movies because I'm a coward. Um, cause I don't need images in my head that are going to slice me up when I'm sleeping. Um, cause I'm a coward. Uh, but I think just thinking about what that movie is in terms of history and just like how different it was than anything else. And then all of the, and you know, even like before social media, like all of the, like the news that was around it, like you have to show up on time. We're not going to let you in until right. Just all this hubbub around it must like, that must've been like really exciting and cool just to be a part of. So that'd be my movie pick that I would travel back in time for. Uh, I'd really like to see Saturday Night Fever in its original run and then go to a disco and dance for a really long time. We can make them all movie-themed if that's easier. You're welcome. Okay. It makes it a little bit easier now that we've narrowed it down. I would want to go and see Purple Rain in the theater when it came out opening weekend. I think that's my number one. I know. you got, Did you get to see it in the... Oh, my God. I'm so jealous. All right. Oh, okay. So if we're going back for movie memories, I would either go back to um, the first time I saw Star Wars, which would have been... I would have been about 13 years old, like we were talking, and it changed my life. <laughs> or I would go back to the one movie I ever saw, saw with my whole family, which was Paint Your Wagon. Um, and thank you, Lauren. And I, because the reason I would want to go back to that movie is because I wasn't watching the screen for any of it. I was just mostly going like this at the sight of my father in a movie theater, but it had Clint Eastwood in it. So I think that's why he was there. Uh, Showgirls, NC-17, That's a, it was a pretty good memory. I, was, I just turned 17, October 7th, 1990-something. Uh, and uh, thank you. And uh, Patrick and I saw Showgirls, and I was so eager to pull out my ID, and she didn't ask for it. And I would go back to a different teller, a different person, that made me prove my ID. That or the right stuff with my family, and I wouldn't have woken up from a nap and asked my mom what sperm, because I woke up during that scene, and they're talking about sperm, and I was, you know, five years old asking about sperm. I talk about sperm a lot on the show, and I'm going to stop talking about sperm. I don't know if it's happy or sad, but I remember when Doug, in high school, went to see Showgirls on his birthday because he came back to school the next Monday, and it's all he wanted to talk about. I went to Showgirls. I turned 17. I went to Showgirls. Mr. Schultz, we're taking a test. Um, oh, go ahead. Um, Jan is right. When we were very small, our families didn't go to the movies hardly at all. I sometimes wonder if that's why I grew to love movies, because it was this strange alien thing that I wasn't allowed to see. I think with my entire family, I've only seen three movies in a theater with my entire family. That's nuts. It's been a while since I taught this, it's been a while. so don't write down the date and look it up on your phone and I'm wrong. I believe it was April 11th, 1895 in France. I want to be at the Lumiere Brothers' first public exhibition of movies on a screen. Uh, I believe the film was called Arrival of a Train at a Station. I don't know the French translation. But 
to be in a big room watching a movie with hundreds of people who have never seen a movie before. That'd be trippy. That's awesome. I was going to talk about roller skating and, like, really big, poofy, curly hair. So nothing is better than what you just said. Let's skip the roller skating part. (laughs) I'm intrigued. Well, I'm skipping all the, like, life moment serious stuff, right? If I had to go back, there's – I have an affection for every decade, right? There's, like, something you'd want to, like, experience or see or wear. Um, But I would definitely love to go back and just have roller skating be the thing and just, like, wear roller skates every day and have really big hair. My neighbors recently found out that I love roller skating. It's no longer a secret. (laughs) Um, It's funny because so many of our movie memories stand out, especially when we didn't go all the time, like you guys said. So the the times that we went really last in our memories, because I remember as a kid going to see Star Trek III, uh, The Search for Spock. I like Star Trek III, Green Lantern. Um, so... Uh, and I believe it was at the Prospect. Did the Prospect have a balcony? One of them did. Okay, so the, we were at the the, pr- s- the smaller one that they turned into a parking lot. We went to the Prospect to see it, and we were sitting in the balcony. And I had just learned about Abraham Lincoln's assassination, and I was positive that because we sat in the balcony, someone was going to shoot me in the head <laughs> during Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, and. Never really was able to enjoy the movie because I was just waiting and waiting to be shot in the head as a child. There's so much about these memories that inform who I am as an adult. Um, The writing really was on the wall in a lot of cases with me. If anyone's curious, um, I wrote a column about this that I was really proud of. This was quite a long time ago. My mother had a shower in the city... And baby shower. I was five years old, and she didn't want to drive, so my father decided to drive her, and while she was at the baby shower, take me and my brother to the movies. This did not happen. And he took us to see the love bug. And I remember that afternoon as if it happened yesterday, And I was really proud of the column because I wrote it as if I was five years old, remembering this very strange day. Why is Dad taking us to the movies? Um, It's kind of amazing how evocative those things can be. Um, So I would like to go back to Christmas because um, I have a memory that – When I opened one of my presents, I saw that there was, like, this beach towel in it, and that was from that boy walking down the stairs right now. He's Charlie Bromley. Charlie Phillip. Okay, he's going up the stairs. Okay, now he's coming down. Um, And... He, he knows I like mermaids, and he, and he knows. So we got it with a mermaid on it, and that really made me happy because I really like those, and now I can use it. That's a great story, 7-year-old Rosie. Thank you. That's so sweet. And uh, so when I was a little kid, I watched um, this show 
called Sesame Street when I was like two or three, and now the, and now this meme came up, and now Elmo knows where I live. Okay. Elmo the meme loves- podcast is a different podcast. We can cut stuff out of this, right? I think we can, yeah. Okay. Editing. It's editing. I'm just kidding. But, um, it means a lot to all of us that you guys came out and that you stayed and listened to this podcast. Some of you came further than others, so we do have one more T-shirt that we want to give away. Raise your hand if you came in from out of town. I think I already know who came the furthest. Oh, my gosh. I want to hear. Wait, can we, can we, is there a way, can we quickly like, hear who they are and where they're from? Where'd you come in from? Cincinnati. Wait, I want a name. I want a name. Oh, what's your name, sir? Chad Cooper from Cincinnati. Hi, Chad. (laughs) (laughs) No, we still want to know. We We still want to know. That counts. That's a drive. Yes. Yeah. What? You guys should have carpooled. (laughs) Oh, this is so awkward. Name, name. Cincinnati, too. Name. Hi, Matt. Matt from Cincinnati. Yes. Appleton, Wisconsin. All right. Very nice. I think. Oh, no, I, oh, I know. Oh, I was oh, building oh. to them. Oh, wait. Up there? Did you see up there? Who's up there? Dan. Oh. Woohoo! Lot of, big Ohio contingent coming out tonight. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you, All Ohio. Right. I think we have our winner over here, though. Your name, sir? Uh, Joel. Joel. Uh, Joel, my, like my last name? Yeah. Uh, uh, my, Joel Edmiston. Joel Edmiston, where did you come from? Uh, Toronto, Ontario. Woo! <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Just Joel or all three of you? From another country, you yeah. guys oh. came along with him. That is awesome. <laughs> so we have a T-shirt for you, Joel. Thank you so much for coming out. Um, thank you guys again for coming out, selling this place out, sticking around, listening to this podcast. I'm very, very fortunate because I get to talk about movies with my best friends every week. Sometimes it's with my mentors. Sometimes it's with the love of my life. Um, and uh, <laughs> Sometimes it's both. <laughs> um, and uh, as long as people are interested and as long as it's still this much fun, Uh, we will keep doing it for another 500 episodes. So thank you guys again for coming out. You are all the best. Thank you to this amazing group of people. Thank you again to this theater for agreeing to host us tonight. Um, What am I forgetting? Yeah, all right. Thank you guys very much. Drive home safely all the way to Toronto, please. Drive home very, very safely. Good night, everybody. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to FS Movie.